1: Welcome again to Movie Talk. Today we'll be looking at a wide range of films, ranging from a visit to Pakistan with "What's Love Got to Do with It," to Bolivia in "Women Talking," and the quantum realm in "Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania." Bye. Jidro. Ah,
0: welcome, Salaam, <laughs> What?
2: You still can't say
0: it. That's a like Alaikum Aisha. There you go. Oh, that's exactly what I just said. Oh, is that Grinder? Anyone we should meet? No. Now I'm getting married. You are?
2: Who's the lucky lady? I don't
3: know yet. What do you mean? I'm getting an arranged marriage. What well, assisted marriage. That's what we're calling it these days. Dare I ask, what about love?
1: You grow to love the person you're with. What's love got to do with it is a romantic comedy in which a young female documentary filmmaker records the journey of her childhood friend from London to his arranged marriage in Pakistan. Mary Gibson's been off to the Academy cinemas to see this rather charming movie about deep cultural differences. Uh, Mary, what did you think of what's love got to do with it? Well, I thought it was really
2: lovely. (laughs) What what does love have got to do with it is probably a good question. Um, And and it was interesting because in the movie, instead of arranged marriage, they now call it an assisted marriage.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's the (laughs) mums and dads call it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) And so um, this is really lovely. Look, I think I laughed and smiled mild from the beginning. Um, it's very sweet. And, you know, Lily James is quite lovely as the lead actress, and Emma Thompson, of course, as her mum, is great. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it's just a, it's a really nice, nice movie. Um, it's interesting because I was watching um, the, you know, the credits as they came up, and I saw that it was um, written and produced by Jemima Khan. And I immediately thought to myself, aha that's interesting because i knew that she'd been married to imran khan ah, huh. and you know the pakistani cricketer and then he became a politician yeah, so it was up, a, yeah. it was a, a mixed race marriage and she actually became a, a muslim uh, when they married and lived in pakistan they have two sons and she
1: got to quite love uh, pa- pakistan, pakistan while she yeah.
2: was there yeah mm. and the other Thing that, and it all triggered when I was watching it was this sort of slight little subtle digs at the monarchy and at Charles because she was very good friends with Princess Diana.
1: I see. And
2: Uh Diana toured Pakistan with them and went to a lot of the hospitals there. And she had a relationship with Dr. Hassan Khan, who um, was um, also a friend of theirs. So I kind of thought to myself, this is really based on life as it happened. And these little snippets that came in and the little digs at at Charles, that one comment where, um, you know, the the parents are uh, assisting cares into his marriage. And he makes a comment and he says, what's love got to do with it anyway? Yeah. Oh, no, Oh, what's in love anyway? Which is exactly the words that Charles used when they, when he got engaged to Diana. Diana, yes. They mention and, it
1: in film. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. I thought to myself, yeah.
2: oh, there's a subtle we dig. And then it was talking about um, something about arranged marriages. And they said, well, look at the monarchy. They do yeah, that. And yeah. so I thought, oh, has Yeah,
1: yeah English culture also has some um, arranged marriages. Yes, yes.
2: <laughs> Yes, and I thought, clever, clever little digs. So clearly that was her paying homage to Diana and and saying, hey, you know, I I want to acknowledge a couple of little things there. But it was done in such a way, it was comedic and it was funny. And, um, you know, as I said, there were a lot of moments in that movie that I just laughed out loud because they they saw the funny side of what could have been a very serious or detrimental situation. And what what you saw was, you know, I guess racism on both sides because, yeah. you know, he, um, his sister had married a, a, a white man and had been ostracised from the family. And um, the the other brother had married, you know, uh, racially, appropriately, I guess you would say. And and he was loved in the family. So there was all of this playing out. And and I just loved the father, um, Kaz's father. He was so nonplussed about ev- any, anything and everything. And just his comments. And they just rolled off his tongue um, so seriously <laughs> that they were funny. Uh, yeah, so, no, I, I really liked this. I thought it was great. It, it showed... Um, you know the traditions and yeah exactly and yes. and, and what is a Considered appropriate, and how Nani Jan, the nana, you know, she just cut everybody off, and oh, and she only spoke Pakistani, but she was so funny. The thing she said, the translations were hilarious of what she's sitting in her wheelchair pontificating about. On you know, and and one of the questions was um, when you know they were talking about this arranged or ma- assisted marriage, and um, the the lady in Pakistan said, what's it like in London? And she speaks in Pakistan, the nana speaks in oh, Pakistani. Yeah, right. She said, it's like living in a brothel, you know. And I <laughs> thought, just these fantastic one-liners were were brilliant.
1: Yeah. And uh, and also, once they fly over to Pakistan, you get almost uh, the feeling that you're watching a Bollywood movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, at the, the at the marriage itself, they've got this... Um, before the w- wedding, actual wedding, um, the, the the dancing and the extravaganza mm-hmm. uh, of the music and the dance around yeah. there and, and the colour and the clothing, yeah. the dressing of yeah. these people. Yeah. You know, there's some really magnificent, splendid mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, like I was... Watching it and thinking, oh, *Best Marigold Hotel*, and you know, just some of those great movies that we've seen that were made in in India, or yeah. well, whilst this is Pakistan, it's very similar in 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 a lot of the cultural aspects. You know, yes. the dresses, even though they're wearing a sari, it's different kind of a sari, and and they're Muslims as opposed to Hindus. So, you know, you get all of this playing out, but yeah, mm. it's very very funny, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but it seems that the two. um who, who play the the, 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 the girl Zoe, wh- who's filming all of this, mm. and, uh, because she lives in the house next door to Kazim, the, mm-hmm. the young man who's flying over. Mm. But they actually knew each other when they were growing up. Oh, uh, and really? They, they, oh, oh, well, no, well, they've been friends for quite a long time before this film was made. Oh, so they knew <laughs> each so other. So you can get the feeling that this brought them. Possibly closer together. also ah, that's interesting.
2: That's interesting. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh yes. Now th- this film was much more enjoyable than I expected. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: And it's only just been released, so there's very little written about it yet from yeah. a from a critiques point of yeah. view. So let's lead the batch here or lead the bunch, um, Hans, and say it's really worth going to see.
1: Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That was Mary Gibson with her views on what's love got to do with it. And I'm Hans Petrovic on Planes FM 96.9.
3: Why does love,
0: the absence of love, the end of love, the need for love,
3: result in so much violence?
1: It was all waiting to happen before it happened. We could look back and follow the breadcrumbs
0: along the path that led to violence. When we looked back, it had been everywhere.
1: In Women Talking, the female members of an isolated religious community must decide whether to leave or fight against the brutal reality in which they live. Robin Munro's been off to the Lumiere Cinemas to see this intense movie. Robin, most of what the women do in this film is talk. What did you think of women talking? <laughs>
3: Well, it is quite a compelling uh, watch and a, and a listen. It, it's filmed in, in quite a beautiful way, and we actually know a lot of the actresses because they picked a lot of stars to be in this movie. so it did um, draw me in, but I, I did struggle to find out, to work out what was going on. Yes, it's, yes, I don't understand
1: because I did not really a, a provide all not everybody knows whether this is where, where this happened for a start. Uh, and um whether this is actually t- true or not you can't figure out when did this happen or anything else really mm-hmm. or some some little bits come out occasionally but otherwise it's just uh, these women themselves who keep <laughs> debating what, what they can or cannot do and so on but so um and and, and as such it's it's actually um set in um in, in Bolivia in 2010, mm-hmm. and it did actually happen. Mm. I think this is most important for people to know. And then it's based
3: on a, based on a book which uh, somebody um, wrote about it. And um, she, she also co-wrote the screenplay. And this is a woman who grew up in a Mennonite community, I think, in Canada, yeah. and left. And she's actually written several novels about it. But she imagined what might have happened after it was revealed. Um, that men in this Mennonite community in Bolivia had um, been uh, raping women in the community they'd used a uh, cow tranquilizer and um, the women were rather unsure w- had they been raped by ghosts or were their memories real because this tranquilizer also had an effect on their short-term memory and it doesn't fit these Mennonites who are uh, yes very isolated community they don't have very much much to do with the world, they're mainly farmers, but uh, really this was a terrible thing, and, and what it led to, this went on over four or five years in this community, is eventually there were public, pros- well there, there were from the civil society, there were prosecutions against these men, and many men in the community didn't really believe this, they didn't believe that they should be prosecuted, and the setting for the film is that the men have left all the women in the community because they've gone into town to try and get these men who are accused of yes, these well, crimes hmm released on bail
1: yeah well yes well this is it i mean these men could have um uh, these, uh, eventually, the, these eight men were sentenced, sentenced to twenty five years in prison. Prison, but then the bail bail <laughs> section started, of course, and that is what the, the, when this is, film is set, mm-hmm. when the women are concerned,
3: what's going to happen when those men come back again, and and, <laughs> and, and what action they should take should yes. they should they do nothing, should they somehow fight, or should they they leave? And one of the catches with leaving is that they believe that the rest of the world has got it wrong, that they will go to heaven and that they have the true belief and, and they don't necessarily want to give that up because yeah. that's what they've been living so for much of their leave, lives. if
1: they they'll never get to heaven.
3: <laughs> well, It's one of the things they talk about, yes. Mm. Yes,
1: I, I, certainly this is discussed. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, from that angle, you know, and I think if you know this, I mean, this a um, uh, Mennonite for somebody... Um, Told me that they were Mormons. Well, no, not quite. Mormons no. are not in this one. <laughs> and um, it's, uh, but this a Mennonite um, religion that seems to go back
3: uh, to um, Holland. For oh, me. even even earlier to Switzerland, was it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and 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 I mean they are similar to the Amish people who are perhaps well known because of one other movie um, that Harrison Ford was in many years ago um, but they speak a kind of German in their community but they, they they don't like the modern world and Mennonites I mean there are a whole range of them uh, but they don't like compulsory education they've sort of fought yeah. against this they're pacifists uh, so again this violence coming into this community um, you know seems a little bit odd but I think we can think of it a little bit like some of the things that are showing up in New Zealand about Gloria Vale, or even some of the things that we're learning about the Taliban, that they these, these religious societies in many cases want to keep women in their place, and yeah. uh, it's hard for them to have any power or say in yeah. their...
1: Well, well, the curious thing in this one, I think, is that um, these women actually could not even read. All right. So, yes. so, so they must have been within the, the, the families... Um, uh, Mennonite families for quite some time. I mean, since they were uh, born, basically, mm-hmm. you know, never mm-hmm. went to, to normal school, you know, for reading and writing and all of this. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, uh, but then, uh, uh, but you uh, um, you're never quite, uh, oh, yes, and that's a, uh, one of the few men who comes into this. Uh, it, it, and it, and um, he had left the community with the, or his family, had moved out must have learnt about this and got out. And now this is one of the sons, he has come back. And, um, and he, he is um, working, and, and he has actually come to help these women to, by taking minutes on their discussions. Because they can't write themselves. Yeah. yes, they can't write themselves, so he's got to do this for them. you know so there's all these you know these very clever things uh, yeah, but I mean I was quite surprised to learn that they couldn't read a lot because I mean they're, they're a very articulate, intelligent bunch of women in there and, yes. um, you know and uh, I, I found the whole thing quite fascinating, but you do have to have that background information of why are they there, why are they putting? How did they, you know, why are they putting up with this? And a little bit, something about the Mennonite um, religion thing that they're following and all this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, worth seeing, but um, be warned. <laughs> Study it, check it out beforehand. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> That was Robin Munro with his views on women talking, and I'm Hans Petrovic on Plains FM 96.9. I also thank this show's sponsor, the Harcourts Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at 98 Morehouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourts Accommodation Centre website, assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again assetmanagers.co.nz
3: I used to ask myself a lot of questions Scott, you're at X-Con How are you an Avenger? That doesn't make sense But everywhere I go people tell me the same thing
1: Thank you,
0: Spider-Man People still need help, Dad That's why we made this it's Like a satellite for deep space But,
1: quana. Wait, wait a minute. You're sending a signal down to the quantum realm. Turn it off. Now. In Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, the title character and his associates explore the quantum realm, where they interact with strange creatures and embark on adventures with spectacular CGI imagery. Uh, Carolyn has been off to the Silky Otter Cinemas at Wigram to see the third of the Ant-Man movies. Uh, what did you think of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania?
0: Oh, I enjoyed it. I always enjoy Marvel films. They never never disappoint, and this one was just as good as all the others, I think. It's um, full-on action. It's set in another world. It's just amazing. It's got familiar actors. It's got humour. It's got a wee bit of drama. It's, of course, it's got a villain.
1: <laughs> yeah, I get the feeling that you really did like this film. <laughs> I did.
0: This is number 31. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe. so Wow. Yeah. I've and seen done of them. Pretty
1: well with all of them. Yeah, and I'm they? still
0: not sick of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so that says a lot for a franchise, oh, boy, oh, doesn't boy, it? Oh, boy.
1: Oh, <laughs> boy. That's quite something. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I, I gather it's a little bit different to the first two, two Ant Man movies. Yeah, it's
0: got a different it, screenwriter, and he's changed it up a wee bit.
1: Yeah, yeah well, in the sense, basically, I think that it's. Um, uh The other two are set in the real world where it 's uh, the ant man himself who can change his size yeah. size and do a few odd things like that yeah. um is, is this but now he he goes into this other world Quantumania.
0: Yeah, yeah, quantum, quantum mania yeah quantum universe yeah yeah
1: and and uh, and uh, there the world is much more weird than here.
0: oh absolutely, <laughs> and it reminded me of other Disney films that have just come out. There was a film that 's come out to um on Disney called A Strange World, I think it is. And it reminded me a little bit of that with the terms of all the flora and fauna and weird and strange creatures in it. But still, um, and this is very much a family affair. I mean, you've got the entire Ant-Man family. You've still got Michael Douglas hanging around as the yeah. original Ant-Man. <laughs> Ant-Man. Man. Yes, and you've got the Wasp, of course. This is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, so and Angelina Lilly, her character, has a biggish part. But it's also about his daughter. And it's just about families, if you really want to take it down to basics, and
1: yeah, and well, how they
0: just... fight problems together.
1: Yeah. Well, did you, you did, did you have that much family emphasis in the other films too?
0: Uh, there was a lot between Ant Man and his daughter Cassie, and the ah. burgeoning romance between him and um, his the Wasp. But no, this is very much a family affair in which they all kind of get equal bullying. Really, Ant Man's kind of. He's not centre stage per se, his, his family take a lot more stage. And mm. the villain as well, because this is a this is the first in phase five of the multi-universe, so there's lots of Easter eggs in it. Um, do recommend staying until the end and watching the trailers, because there's a teaser for Loki <laughs> uh, in there, and also what's also happening up with the next film. So,
1: yeah, yeah, it's... Um, mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, so it's it, as I said, it continues on. It's really good. It's very much action um, thriller. Khan, the villain, he's a well-known. Um, he's turned up in a couple of other uh, uni- um, Marvel films as well. So his role is now extended and he's more explained as to why.
1: Well, to me, the most amazing thing about this film is the um, that high level of CGI work yeah. throughout it. Well, I understand that they actually spent $200 million to get the special effects for this movie. Yeah,
0: but it's grossed $361 million already in box oh. office tickets, so I think it was a worthwhile <laughs> investment. <laughs> They're not going to lose on the film at all, but it is very much high calibre. It's amazing. Yeah,
1: and this is what I like it uh, about it so much. I mean, personally, I couldn't really be care of the stories all over the place. Yep. And, uh, the, the story's not the, the reason that I go to see this <laughs> film. I just go to see these these amazing films. So you liked it more for, than
0: Avatar?
1: For the visual. Well, I was just going to mention that. Mm. I mean, last year, Avatar went down on my list of, as best film for the year.
0: Yeah. And that was essentially
1: like. on its visual uh, uh, effects, a, yeah. uh, a special CGI effects, and in that they went into a sort of this weird world underwater, and now they've gone into this other weird world, yeah, um, the wide um, yeah. sort of minimum tiny world that they shrink down into, and and then that turns out to be bigger than where we are now.
0: Yeah, no, we're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, certainly. Well, that's the big thing with Marvel, is is time is relevant. There's different timelines, and there's different universes, and this just happens to be one of them that they
1: deal with, so it's very good. Yeah, so I don't know. But I mean, that is... That is what gets me to these films, you know, and uh, I don't know if this film's going to come out as my top ten film, but... um,
0: Uh, You wait till Guardians of the Galaxy in three months. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, which one's it? What's that, What's that one? About? Guardians
0: of the Galaxy 3. So it's the next film. It's the 30 second film. N- next the Marvel, movie,
1: yep. it? next mm-hmm. Marvel movie, Yeah, next Marvel movie. And then who's in that, Do you know?
0: Um, yeah, it's uh, Chris Pratt and his team from The Guardians. So it's quite different to Adam. But they will still be using lots of CGI. So mm-hmm. you'll be quite happy.
1: And they had, uh, you had lots of great sort of characters in this. They had this one fellow cut. I think it's called Modoc. And he was this giant face, yes, sort of living inside a, 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 a equally screen. giant helmet, <laughs> <laughs> and and just a little body sort of dangling at the, yeah, other, at the back. Yeah, that
0: was some of the, com- the common.
1: Um, yeah, and you get this sort of thing, and um, yeah. So they do c- c- come up with these amazing, wonderful ideas that they toss into yeah, these Yeah, no, they movies. do. It's very
0: good. Yeah, recommend. Okay,
1: thank you very Thanks. much. That was Carolyn Brown with her views on Ant-Man and the Wasp in quantum mania. And I'm Hans Petrovic, inviting you to listen to Movie Talk again on Planes FM 96.9 at midday next Wednesday. This program will also be repeated at midday on Saturday and you can listen to podcasts of earlier episodes on the Plains FM website. That's planesfm.org.nz.